1: Well, good morning, church. We are continuing in this series called Making Progress. I know last week I had a treadmill on the stage. We were talking about a run plan. Uh, Some of you just saw that it said a diet this week, and you're thinking, what did I get myself into coming here at the beginning of this year? Well, I am pumped about this because today I want to talk to you about a key to remaining faithful when it feels like progress is taking a while. When progress feels like it's taking a while. I want to go ahead and read to you a scripture we find here in First Samuel chapter 14. It says this. It says, Now the Israelites were in distress that day, because Saul had bound the people under an oath, saying, Cursed be anyone who eats food before evening comes, before I have avenged myself on my enemies. So none of the troops tasted food. The entire, the entire army entered the woods, and there was honey on the ground. And when they went into the woods, they saw the honey oozing out, yet no one put his hand to his mouth. Man, what is up with that? What would keep you from eating what God has put right in front of you? It says, because they feared the oath. Verse 27, but Jonathan, Jonathan is Saul's son, but Jonathan had not heard that his father had bound the people with the oath. So he reached out the end of his staff, which was in his hand, and dipped it into the honeycomb. And he raised his hand to his mouth, and his eyes were brightened. See, I believe that this word today is going to cause your eyes to brighten. I, I believe and I hope and pray that this will be something that will encourage you and cause you to see things that you haven't been able to see before. It says, Then the soldiers told him, Your father... Bound the army under a strict oath, saying, Cursed be anyone who eats food today. Uh, this is why the men are faint. Jonathan said, My father has made trouble for the country. See how my eyes are brightened when I tasted a little bit of this honey? How much better would it have been if the men would have eaten today some of the plunder that they took from the enemies? Would the slaughter of the Philistines have been even greater. I love that. He said, wouldn't the slaughter of the Philistines have been even greater? Wouldn't your victories be even greater? Wouldn't your success be even greater? Wouldn't 2018 your goals be more fulfilled if you were to just feed off of the things that God puts right in front of you? See, I hope today that this doesn't cause you to gain 10 pounds. This is probably not something you should tell your physical trainer, but I want you to turn to the person next to you, look them square in the face, and tell them, don't skip dessert. Don't skip dessert. Probably not what you expected to hear at the beginning of this year. You can turn back to them now and tell them it doesn't look like you skipped dessert for a while. Easy now. Easy. It's the different type of diet plan. A lot of you are leaving here going, I want to take that diet plan. I'm on the dessert diet plan. Don't skip dessert. It's a key to us being able to remain faithful in making progress. We all want to make progress this year. We want to make changes in our life. We want to be able to have the type of life that's victorious. And we see here in this story with Saul, a group of people who, who didn't eat the dessert. They didn't celebrate when they had a victory, and it affected them so greatly. I, I would want to ask you to pray with me before we dive in today. Heavenly Father, we pray right now that you would bring encouragement into this room. For the people in this room, uh, God, I'm just getting a sense there's people in here that are so frustrated with themselves because they're wanting to make changes. They're wanting to make commitments, and we keep falling back on our own strength. And God, today, we pray that you would come and breathe life into us and encouragement and strength into us. Help us to feed off the encouragement you have for us today, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, one of the interesting things about being a parent raising kids is when you raise kids, it causes you to become a little bit more self-aware. Because in raising your kids, you start to see things in your kids that, that you start to recognize came from you. These things were were in you. Maybe you didn't recognize them before, but as you see them, you're like, yeah, they, they got that from me. And some of it's good. You're like, you know, I really like the way you handled that. They, they cert- My kids certainly got that from me. That good behavior, that was for me. But then there's the other stuff too, right? The stuff we don't want to admit is from us. We blame that on our spouse. No, you didn't get that from me. You got that from your mom, right? We we blame it because we see things in our kids sometimes, and when we recognize, man, that came from me. That I can just admit to you today. One of the things I struggle with is I'm a very competitive person. So if I do anything, I want to be the best at it. And if I'm not the best at it, I get frustrated. I get angry. And I didn't realize that this was affecting my kids, but I started to see it. And I, if I look back several years, I can remember one of the times that this was very evident in my own life when I was getting into mountain biking a lot. And I had a group of people up here at the church that would invite me to come along mountain biking with them. And, and the people I started with, we were okay. We'd ride once every once in a while. But I got invited to go with a group of people who were very, very good, very strong. And they competed in endurance races and stuff like that. And they invited me to go on a trip that was much longer and harder than any trip I've ever been on before. And I thought, you know what, I can do this. I'm a little nervous, but I can do it. Well, quickly as I got into this trip, I got very discouraged because uh, I remember we started up the trail, and, and I had told my wife, I'll probably be home in just a couple hours, and we start up the trail, and, and, and what I thought we would get up pretty quickly turned into a half hour, and then an hour, and then like an hour and a half, and we're going up, and what I realized is happening is the guys are getting in front of me, and they'll go up like a quarter mile, and they'll stop, and they're taking pictures, and they're, they're resting and eating granola bars and stuff like that while I'm trying not to puke, just catching up to them to get up to and as soon as I get up to them on the trail, I'm like... <laughs> Because I made it like, great, let's go, because they're rested up and they want to go. And I'm like, this is not fun. And my, my phone rang, and Amelie's like, Dan, I thought you'd be home by now. It's like been two hours. i like, I thought I'd be home by now too, all right? <laughs> this is crazy. And, and I remember being on this incredibly difficult trip. It's like the longer I was into it, I was getting more and more discouraged because there's something called the paradox of progress, And the paradox of progress is the the better you get at something, the more you realize that you have to learn. The more you realize that i got a long way to go. Because everyone who sits on their couch thinks they could be really good at mountain biking. But once you start mountain biking with people who actually know how to mountain bike, you go, okay, now I've got a long way to go. And I was coming to this realization on this trail that I had a long way to go. In, in, in trying to keep up with these guys, I'm finally telling myself, like, maybe I'm just not built for this. I'm not, I, I, I'm not built like other mountain bikers are built. Maybe I should take up golf or something. I should eat peanuts, ride around a cart, and get fat. That's what I should do, okay? Maybe that's what I, my body type is more made for. I don't know. And, and I'm having this dilemma. Uh, on the bike. We finally get back at the end of this ride and I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm discouraged. And the guys, they're giving me a high five and stuff like that. Man, you did it. I can't believe you even made it through that trail. That is so difficult. Mother. And they're trying to celebrate with me and I'm, I'm not celebrating. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to go home and sell this stupid bike. Like I'm done with this. Fast forward a couple of years. My daughters are in dance and and they get opportunities every once in a while to do workshops with professional dancers and stuff like that. And the whole idea is that they get challenged and stretched. And, and I remember that Amelie and I watched them in a workshop, and, and they were doing so good. And at the end of this, we're driving home, and Amelie and I are them, you girls did so good, that looks so incredibly tough, I can't believe you were able to do that. And I look back and I see in the rearview mirror that my daughter Rachel, she's just kind of quiet and her head's down. I'm like, what's going on with you, girl? And she's like, there's there's so much of that I couldn't do today. And and she she started coming down on herself, I couldn't do this move or that move. And it was real tiring. I was real frustrated that I couldn't just couldn't get those steps together. And and as I'm watching this unfold, I had that gut check moment like, oh, she got that from me. Like If she's learning from me and what she sees modeled to her is not to celebrate the victories and celebrate the accomplishments, but just to look at my failures and tear myself down in the ways that I could have done better. like If if that's what she's doing, then what I'm teaching her is not going to sustain growth and sustain progress in her life. So I realize that I've got to make some changes. I've got to start realizing when my friends come around and they're encouraging me, saying, Dan, you did it. You did good. I should celebrate those victories. I should, I, I should be energized off of the fact that, that I'm doing things now I couldn't have done a year ago because I want my kids to be successful here. So I had to start making some changes. And I started coaching myself, saying, Dan, you're going to do things. Different. You're going to celebrate every little victory. So I'd go on a run, and I'd get back home from that run, I'd pat myself on the back. I'm like, you did it, Dan. You finished that two-mile run. I, I know it took you an hour. And don't be discouraged about the fact that those power-walking old ladies passed you on the road. Because you did it. you got to pat yourself on the back sometimes. I did it. And I had to start taking this real seriously in other areas of my life. Getting home from work. Getting home from a Sunday. And instead of looking at all the things that could have gone better, start... Start really celebrating the victories and the success and saying, you know what? I'm going to be encouraged off the fact that even though I want to look at all the areas I still need to grow and things I could have changed, I should look at where there's been success. And I should feed off the success and feed off the celebration. See, the problem is so many times we look for encouragement from other people. We want other people to come around and encourage us, but you can't wait for other people to encourage you. Sometimes you just got to preach to yourself and encourage yourself and say, you did it, you're doing a good job. The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. That's 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. David strengthened himself in the Lord. See, there's a huge difference between David's life and Saul's life we see in Scripture. We see that David built a dynasty and Saul self-sabotaged and one of the main differences in their own abilities here is the fact that David would encourage himself in the Lord. While we see something different in Saul, Saul, we see him functioning in this paradox of progress. When it comes to Saul's life, we saw that the fact that Saul wanted to win immediately so badly is what kept him from winning eventually. I want to say that again, I don't want you to miss it. The fact that Saul wanted to win immediately so badly is what kept him from winning eventually. He saw that he had more to do. There there was more battle ahead. So instead of of being excited about the fact that there was a victory and feeding off that, taking the plunder, he's like, no, I'm going to defer that for later. I'm going to keep moving forward. And, and, And he was starving himself from the very victories that God was placing right in front of him. Let's look at the text here. It says in verse 24, it says, Now the Israelites were in distress that day. Everyone say that day. That day. Now the Israelites were in distress that day. Now if we back up one verse to verse 23, because that's one verse ahead. (laughs) Verse 23 says, So on that day, everyone shout that day. On that day, the Lord saved Israel and the battle moved on to beth Aven. Did you catch this? Verse 24 says, that day they were in distress. Verse 23 says, that day the Lord saved them. This would make sense if it was two different days. But it's talking about the same day. The same day, a day of distress? Or is it a day of deliverance? I wonder, let me ask you a question. Have you allowed the devil to turn your day of deliverance into a day of distress. See, that is what Saul did because of this paradox of progress. Because the Bible says that day the battle moved on. The battle wasn't over yet, but, but the battle had moved on. And Saul made an oath. He says, until this battle is over in one, I'm not going to eat anything. Until it's completely finished, until there's perfection, I will not eat anything. That's how so many of us go into our New Year's resolutions. We go into our goal setting, our planning, we say, until I lose 50 pounds, I'm not eating anything but tuna fish out the can, right? Until I'm back to my 15-year-old waist size and weight, all I'm going to have is protein powder and lemon drops or something, right? Like We come up with the weirdest things and we say, I am not going to celebrate until I reach perfection. And what what are we doing? We're allowing the enemy to turn our day of deliverance, our day of success, our day of victory, we're turning it into a day of distress. I want to talk for a few moments this morning about the danger of deprivation. The danger of deprivation. Hear me on this. I'm not saying the danger of discipline. Discipline is a good thing. I'm talking about the danger of deprivation, but many times deprivation is often disguised as discipline. So anytime you have goals or you define your revolutions by what you won't do as opposed to what you will do, you will always disrupt your development. If you're defining the way I'm gonna be successful is by not doing these things. This is what we talked about last week. You can't live your life and you can't be successful by saying what I'm gonna do this year is not touch, touch the button. Anytime we're saying that what I'm going to do is I'm not going to sin anymore. I'm not going to deal with this addiction anymore. I'm not going to say these things anymore. Anytime it's by what you won't do, you're setting yourself up for discouragement. You're disrupting your development. It's because of this danger of deprivation. See, I believe this can help someone. I believe this can set someone free in your mindset today, in the way you're living your life, the weight that you carry on yourself. Because it, it might not be that God is not providing strength for you. Maybe it's that we're not eating the strength that God's providing. Maybe God is putting honey right down on the ground in front of you and saying, you just had a victory. Eat it. Enjoy it. it like it, Enjoy what you have ahead of you. But so many of us we don't take it because, like Saul, we're driven, and I get Saul. I I, I struggle with this too. I mean, it, he was so driven. He's saying, "There's more. There's more work to do. There's more battles to be won. There's more weight to be lost. There's more money to be earned." So, so i i I'm gonna I'm gonna defer. I, I'm gonna take my celebration. I'm gonna defer until I've reached a place of perfection. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to celebrate now. I'll celebrate when the victory is finally 100% fully mine. It's the danger of depriving yourself. Because what he ended up doing by deferring is he stopped his progress. He no longer had the strength to continue on. He, his troops didn't have the strength to continue on. They were weakened all because he's saying I'm not going to take the very things that God put right in front of me. See, there's a danger to going mountain biking and embracing the fact that you were slower than everyone else as opposed to embracing the fact that you were successful and you lost some weight that day and you had some fun. There's dangers to to going in with the wrong mindset. See, I've, I've dealt with this so many times where I'm always looking on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing as opposed to just enjoying and celebrating what's right in front of me. I've shared this with you before, but one of the things I've struggled with that Omly has called out in me before is I, I, I've come home on a Sunday afternoon uh, on a great weekend where people are worshiping God, lives are being changed, people coming down for prayer, seeing miracles happen, seeing people get saved, coming home on a wonderful weekend, and I go home and sit down at, at my desk and pull out my computer, and as I'm sitting there at the table looking at my computer, she'll say, what are you doing? And I'll say, I'm working on next Sunday's message. And it's just like, what are
0: you, why?
1: Like, take a moment. Take a moment and celebrate. Like, take a moment and realize that maybe we should stop for a moment and eat what God is putting in front of us so that we can have the strength for the next battle. Because a lot of times what we do is we, we, we starve ourselves. We say, uh, No, there's another battle ahead of me. I don't have time to eat. I don't have time to celebrate. I don't have time to take the honey. So we go into the next battle more tired, more exhausted, more emotionally broke down. And we do that over and over and over again. And we wonder why we're burnt out. We wonder why we take a swing of being fully 100% on and then fully 100% off. and and, and it's really I had to listen to my wife there and it was a shock to me where I'm going why couldn't for just a moment I say God thank you thank you that people got saved today thank you that your word went out today thank you that you're working on me and changing me thank you that my kids are being changed and my wife's being changed thank you so much we've got to stop every once in a while and celebrate it's important for us to take a moment and, and say God look how far I've come I wonder when was the last time you did that To to look at your life and pat yourself on the back a little bit and say, Yeah, look how far I've come. I'm not in as much debt as I used to be in. I'm doing good, right? Like, I'm not eating as much junk food as I used to eat. You know, I don't smoke anymore, or it's been a couple days, or I've read my Bible a couple days this last week. I showed up at church today. You showed up at church today, and that's huge. It's a step in in the right direction. You got to pat yourself on the back and say, I did it. See, we got to take the time to celebrate and eat the encouragement that's right in front of us. I remember we were at uh, Canyon View Park a couple years back, and we were jogging around the park. And, and it was one of the days where the middle schoolers were out there playing football. And, and it was kind of funny because we saw there was a couple kids out there that had showed up before the rest of their team. And, and I couldn't tell what they were doing from far off. I'm looking at them, like they're being goofy, just being kids, you know, these middle school boys out there. And as we got a little closer, I'm looking at one of the kids doing a little bit of this going on. I'm like, what in the world is going on? And as we got closer, I realized these kids, they're celebrating, they're, they're practicing their celebration dances. They're practicing their victory dances. So they got, they got their different moves going on. So one kid's got the funky chicken going on back here. You got another one. Man, kids, they mess up some dance moves. Like just a couple of years back, the dab was cool. Cam Newton made it cool. And now, now you got these kids, like they just stand there and they do the, like, yeah, the girls are going to come running when you do that. That is cool. That, that works. You got skills, right? But I looked at these kids at first, I laughed at them, like, that is so ridiculous. I get in the car later, I'm like, man, I wish I had more of that confidence in my life. I wish that, that I was looking at life the way these kids do, where are going, wait a minute, I know I'm going to have a victory, so I better be ready to celebrate when the victory comes. My God said he's going to give me breakthroughs, so I better be ready to praise him when the breakthrough comes. Like, I know there's going to be breakthrough in my job and in my marriage and my finances, so i got to get ready and get down with the funky chicken and throw my my dabs because my God is good, you know. But there's a point my daughter's on the front going, going, please stop, Dad. I will dab all day long. If it turns your head red, we will do that. I got swag for a dad, I'll tell you. It's important to point out, though, there's, there's a such thing as excessive celebration. You can cel- I mean, that's, that's celebrating before you score, right? That, that's when you get on Facebook and, and you post things to make other people believe a truth about you that's really a lie because you want other people to think that you're in a different place than you are. It's celebrating excessively, that's spending more money than you have because you want to live up to a lifestyle that you can't afford. So we got to celebrate on our own level. we got to celebrate exactly where we're at. There's good celebration and there's bad celebration. We've got to celebrate the things that God has given us without taking it to a point where now I'm celebrating things that I haven't even earned yet. I'm celebrating things that I haven't even won the victory, had the battle yet. And just a side note on that. Just a little side note. When God gives you a victory, a lot of times that victory is just for you. That means you don't need to post everything. You don't need to put everything on the Internet. Sometimes God blesses you because he just wants to bless you. He blesses you because he wants to encourage you and strengthen you. He wants to show love to you. Not every blessing is so you could put it on the Internet to show your ex that like you don't need him anymore and you're doing better without him. Like, a lot of what God does is for you. So we gotta celebrate these. We gotta we gotta be fed off them, not just put them out there for other people to eat. We gotta be fed off them. But see, there's excessive celebration. There's good celebration and bad celebration. Uh, I mean, there's the good celebration of saying like, uh, like I, I went for a workout and I lost some weight. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take myself for a walk. There's the excessive celebration and the bad celebration of saying, you know what? I lost five pounds, so I'm going to take myself out to Buffalo Wild Wings and gain eight pounds while I celebrate the fact that I lost weight last week, right? Dig yourself out of a little bit of debt. Pay the credit card down. You don't celebrate by going shopping, right? we got to find other ways. Maybe you celebrate then by going out and eating cheap junk food and getting fat then. You can't work on everything at once, you know? you got, you got to pick something and, and focus you focus, and, and then once you focus and you start having victories, you see, your celebration has to complement the areas that you're making progress. And, and we, we can't just excessively celebrate. You, can, you can't over celebrate or celebrate too early. Don't be like that Cardinals kicker who, you know, he, he went out and is the beginning of the season. He kicked a field goal and, and, and it happened. He celebrated so big that when he jumped and came down, he tore his ACL. Out for the season, not on a play, on a celebration. Don't, don't miss your season because you're celebrating too soon. There's a difference between good celebration and bad celebration. But see, you, since you can't do everything at once, you can't focus on everything at once, we first have to recognize that today is the day that the Lord has made. There's something to celebrate today. See, the battle has moved on. It's still going. There's still a war ahead of me, but there's a victory I can celebrate today. So I have to find that victory, and I've got to point it out, and I've got to celebrate it, and feed off of it, and enjoy it. So I, I, I'm not out of debt, but I've paid off $100. You know, I'm not married, but at least I'm going out on a date. Or I'm, I'm not going out on a date, but at least i got good friends. I wonder, do you have something that you can celebrate in your life? Do you have something that God is doing in your life that you can look back on and go, you know what, I wasn't in this place in the past and God's brought me here, so I want to stop for a moment and celebrate. See, you can't miss your season because you celebrate too soon, but you still have to celebrate. See, this is the pattern we see here is that you have to sacrifice and then celebrate. Now, that's what we get here. There's, There's a... A battle, a victory, and then there's plunder. So sacrifice and then celebrate. Sacrifice, celebrate. Sacrifice, celebrate. That's the pattern. You sacrifice, you you save the money, then you celebrate, you upgrade the car. You sacrifice, you pay into the college fund, then you celebrate, you go on vacation. You sacrifice, celebrate. Sacrifice, celebrate. Sacrifice, celebrate. The problem with too many of us in this room, our pattern looks like sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. But the problem with all sacrifice and no celebration is you have no strength. You have no strength for the battle that lies ahead. It's, it's this danger of deprivation. Here's what we learned from 1 Samuel 14 is you have to feed your troops. Don't expect your troops to fight for you if you don't feed them. See, the, the Bible says that the men were faint. This is warriors we're talking about. This is soldiers. These are not weaklings. These are strong men. They were faint. Why? Because they hadn't been eating. They were weakened in a weakened state, trying to function in a weakened state because they had not eaten what was right in front of you. Could it be that you're not failing because you're weak, but maybe you're failing because you're not eating what God has placed right in front of you? Maybe there's encouragement coming your way and you're just, you're not accepting it. You're stronger than you think you are. But I wonder, are you starving yourself most of the week? Uh, We come here and we get fed on the weekends. We, We hear God's word. We worship together. We encourage one another. We pray with one another. But are you starving to death the rest of the week? Are you saying, uh, I'm just going to try to get through on one day? No, you you got to feed off the Word of God. That's why when we come together, it should be a complement of what God is already talking to us about in our personal lives. When we're spending time in His Word and praying, He will speak to you. He, he will encourage you, and then when we come together... And we share that encouragement together. It should be a, a confirmation and a compliment to what God is already doing in your life. If you want to be successful, if you want to maintain progress, you've got to eat. And there are others of us in this room that, that there's honey on the ground that's right in front of you and you refuse to reach down and take it. God has provided for you encouragement. And, and your husband will come up and say, babe, you look so good. You're doing so good. And he like, oh, you just have to say that. You're my husband. Maybe God is, is offering you the encouragement. He's offering you the honey. I wonder, are you eating the very things that God is putting in front of you? You've got to feed your troops. See, here they go. They go into the promised land. If we back way up in Scripture, the promised land was described by God as uh, being a, a land that will be flowing with milk and honey. Flowing with milk and honey. Here they are in the land that flows with milk and honey. And here honey is oozing out of the ground. They found it. They found the very thing they're fighting for. And they didn't eat it. All because the king was so foolish where he said, no, it's not time to celebrate. I wonder how many of us, the very thing we've been fighting for is now right in front of us. God's put it right in front of you. And he's saying, eat, encourage yourself. Be strengthened. And for whatever reason, we're saying, no, not right now. i got other things to do. See, if you don't feed your emotions, then eventually what's going to happen is you start looking for other things. If you don't feed off the sweet things that God gives you, then you start looking for other things, the bitter things. and, and, And then you can start to fall into a bondage of bitterness. That's what happened with Saul. That's what Saul does here. It's, it's the bondage of bitterness. It, it says this, your father, talking about Saul, bound the army under a strict oath. What a weird term to use. He, he bound the people with an oath. He says nobody eats until my enemies are fully destroyed. See, I wonder, what, what have you bound yourself to? Going into this new year, what beliefs, what thought systems have you bound yourself to? Saying, you know what, um, I, I'm not going to be happy until this is changed. I'm not worth being loved until I can get this under control. God's not going to be happy with me until I can clean this up or clean that up. I wonder, what weird belief have you bound yourself to where now you're, you're being robbed of your strength? You, you, you're trying to go into a fight Uh, with an empty stomach. You're you're coming into agreement with what the devil would say about you, the enemy would say about you, and these beliefs can come from so many different places. In this sense, we see that it came from a parental figure. You know Saul was Jonathan's father And he's saying things that could have Affected him in a very negative way If he would have paid attention to what was being said There are some of you in this room You have heard things and you have believed Those things that you've heard You've heard you're never going to be successful Never find the right person You're, you're never going to uh, be good enough You've heard those things and if you allow them to Then you're being bound by the words of the enemy Then you're trying to go into a fight With the enemy on an empty stomach And you're wondering why is it I feel like I'm being Destroyed? Why is it I, I feel like I keep losing over and over again? See, Saul was bitter. If you read his story, you can go back and see. that in, verse, in chapter 13, uh, Samuel declares that God is giving Saul's kingdom to someone else. See, God didn't choose Saul. The people chose Saul. They thought Saul's tall and handsome. We'll make, we'll make him the king, but, but God knew that he didn't have a heart after him, so he's like, no, and after failures and failures, he finally said, I'm, I'm taking the kingdom, and I'm giving it to someone else, so Saul is here with, with this aftertaste of bitterness in his life. He, he sees his failure. He feels that resentment and that bitterness, and that's where we are when we come into verse 14, when he binds everyone else and says, because I taste bitterness, I don't want you to taste success either see bitter people will always try to steal your celebration will always try to steal your honey they're not okay with you being encouraged and you being moving forward i wonder do you have people around you that are that are trying to steal the encouragement that god's giving you but see god wants you to enjoy life don't allow your enemy to suck the sweetness out of your success That's the encouragement that I I think so many of you need to hear today is that God wants you to enjoy life. He said, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. You should enjoy your marriage. God wants you to enjoy your work. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be full of joy. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to move forward. God wants to see you grow. He wants to bless you. And that's something that we all need to understand. So we can't just keep going through life when God is trying to encourage you and trying to give you strength and, and, and trying to move you on and give you the nourishment that you need and say, you know what, I'm just going to deprive myself of that until I reach perfection. Because then we find ourselves, like I mentioned just a moment ago, if we deny the sweet things that God gives us, then we ultimately start reaching for those things that are bitter. See, if you're always sacrificing and not celebrating, that's when you become bitter and burned out. What we learn from this story is that we need strength to keep going. We need strength. So there's a pattern in this story that we see so very clearly here. The pattern for your life and for mine. If we want to make progress, if we want to be successful, and we want to move forward, the pattern is you win a battle, then you take a bite. Win a battle, take a bite. Win a battle, take a bite. Say that with me. Win a battle. Take a bite. Win a battle, take a bite. You have some success and then you have some celebration. You, you lose some weight and then you celebrate. You gain, uh, you, you gain some more income and some more business, then you celebrate. You have to have successes that you celebrate in your life, but you can't just be in a place where you're going, Well, I'm just going to celebrate more. I'm going to take a bite, take a bite, take a bite. Take a bite. Take, no, it's got to be win a battle, take a bite. Win a battle, take Because if you're just taking a bite, taking a bite, taking a bite, then you'll be like David where you're taking a bite of Bathsheba when you should be out winning a battle. We've we, we got to recognize that this is a pattern you can't get backwards. You can't do one without the other. You win a battle, take a bite. Win a battle, take a bite. Win a battle, take a bite. Win a battle, go to church, take a bite, pat yourself on the back. Win a battle, get pay yourself a little bit out of it. Um, then, then take a bite, do a little dance. Dance and bug my daughter again right now. <laughs> you, you have a victory, and then you have a celebration. Would you stand on your feet with me? I think a lot of us we we need to pause in our lives and see where God has taken us. And I think that if we were to do it right now, every one of us could find something in our life where we say, you know what? I might not be as far as I want to be, but God has certainly taken me somewhere. I'm healthier than I was. I'm stronger than I was. I'm happier than I was. I'm not dealing with that quite as much as I was. I'm having more success, success than I have had in the past. I wonder how many of you right now would say if you were to look at your life, you have something to celebrate right now that God is doing in your life then let's do this. Let's let's finish this service by shouting a praise to our God and, and, and practicing our little victory dance and saying, I'm gonna praise my Lord because he gives me victory. Let's give a shout of praise to our heavenly Father. God, we praise you. We love you, God. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. God, you've put it right in front of us that You want us to feed off the successes that you give us. You want us to eat the plunder and the honey of of the the blessings that you're putting in our lives. So God, help us to be people who continue to strengthen off of what you put right in front of us. We don't want to be people who deprive ourselves and then wonder why we feel so weak. So God, thank you that you don't want us to go through life weakened, but thank you that you give us everything we need. So we praise you, we love you, we pray that you would encourage us, help us to walk out of here stronger, God, celebrating the fact that you love us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.